I thank you today for this opportunity that we have. Lord, we're not just coming together because it's the Sunday thing just to have church. We're coming to meet with you. We're coming to receive from you. And we're coming, Lord, to have downloads of heaven given to us today, Lord. Today we make a demand. We command our bodies to be quickened right now. We command our bodies to be alert right now. Our minds to be alert in Jesus' name. And we have, Father, we thank you today for the, the water of the Holy Ghost to wash us, purify us, cleanse us, and lift us up higher. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God. We uh, began a series a few weeks ago at the first part of the month. Actually, the first part of February. I'm sorry, January. And, uh, and the name of the series is called From the Inside Out. From the Inside Out. And like I said, if you don't have the CDs from the previous services, boy, I encourage you to pick those up and just because uh, I don't have time to go back and reiterate everything and re- review everything. But I think it's pretty important stuff. Amen? And I think when the Lord, I don't think I know when the Lord gives us a message, when God speaks to us and God gives us a message, um, boy, it's for a reason. It's for a purpose. Amen? And so uh, we are to, as believers... In Christ Jesus. How many believers in Christ Jesus do we have here? For those of us that are believers in Christ Jesus, God intends for us to operate from the inside out, not the outside in. Now, just a couple days ago, this past week, I woke up one day, and it was early, and I always pray in the mornings, okay? I'll go down in my little office, you know, and, uh, and I wasn't paying attention, but I put my long sleeve shirt on, because it was freezing cold out. <laughs> I'm glad that's gone. And uh, I didn't realize I put that thing on inside out. You know, and the tags were sticking out everything. I wasn't even paying attention. And my daughter brought it to my attention. She goes, Dad, your shirt's on inside out. And I go, yeah, you're right. Okay. Now, in the natural, you're not, you're not meant to wear things from the inside out. But as a believer, you are, you are to operate and you are to function. From the inside out. Can I have an amen? amen? You're to function from the inside out. We're to be governed from the inside out, not the outside in. Uh, scripture I think about is Romans 12. He says, be not, it says, be not conformed to this world. That's the outside in. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the inside out. So we as believers, we are to, we are to learn to be governed from the inside out. Now, the Bible says that the natural thing, or the spiritual things are foolishness to the natural man. Amen? There was a time when I was first saved, when I was a Christian. I mean, I was brand spanking new in the Lord. Okay, you've heard that term before. And the first time I, I was in a church service that my sister dragged me to, thank God she did, because that's where I got filled, baptized with the Holy Ghost. I saw people lifting their hands in worship and showing expression during worship. Now, to my mind, that was the most foreign thing I've ever seen before. Because I grew up in a dead Methodist church. And we had hymnals. And we sang hymns. They didn't have hers, they had hymns. And so, uh, there was no life. It was dead. It was boring. I couldn't wait for it to be over. But see, my natural mind was used to that. You know, the, the hymnals and standing there. And if, dear, dear God, no one ever lifted their hand to the Lord. And I thought that was crazy when I first saw that and I heard that. I thought, within myself, now I didn't say it out loud, but within myself I said, I'll never do that. Okay? Well, someone said it's like this. You know, when you start hanging around a river that has a slippery creek bank, sometimes you'll slide right into the river. Amen? And so that's kind of what happened to me because I kept going back. There was something there. There was something in that services. And I kind of put up with a little fanaticism. I thought in my mind, I'll just kind of put up with it. But then the pastor, who was an Englishman from Wales, began to stand up and he began to decree and declare from the Bible, from the Word of God, it says, lift your hands to the Lord. Exalt the Lord. Shout unto the Lord. And I was like, 
oh, it just suddenly dawned on me. It's like, that's why they do this, because it's in the Bible. Now, the Bible says the natural man receiveth not the things of God, because they're foolishness unto him. Now, I was, a, I was born again, but I was naturally minded, so I thought, this is crazy. This is fanaticism. But when I saw it in the Word of God, I began to realize they were right. I was wrong. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Praise God. So it's okay to show a little expression when you love God. Now, I love my wife. We'll be married 36 years or whatever it is coming up. It's either 36 or 37. 37, okay. I probably shouldn't have said that one. But, you know. <laughs> I know it's been 30 some years. I know that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a bit, and I fell in love with this woman when I met her in 1981. And I have no problem expressing my love verbally to her. Even now to this day. I have no problem with that. Why? Because I love her. I care for her. Okay? I would lay my life down for her if I needed to. You know what I'm saying? I love her that much. But I don't, I don't, I'm not mechanical, but I don't go up there and say, I love you. You know what I mean? I don't do that. But when I tell her, I said, you know, I just, I love you. I appreciate you. You know what I mean? There's a difference. I may have said the same thing, but you know, when you say it with some oomph behind it, you know what I mean? You say it with some heart behind it. Um, and the Lord, there's a lot of people who are mechanical with the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate all you do for me, Lord. Amen. But you know what? God, God's looking for people to operate from their spirit, from their heart. We were talking about this yesterday, how that even in ministry so, so often people, man, they can be educated. They can memorize scripture. They can know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. But their heart's not connected with what they're saying. It's coming out of their head instead of their heart. And there's no power in your head. The power's in your spirit. Jesus said, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly or innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? God doesn't want us to just function out of our heads, He wants us to operate out of our spirits. And our spirit is passionate. Hallelujah. The Bible says we are to be passionate with the love of God towards one another, show passion. Not just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Amen. I never liked that phrase anyway. It's kind of like, kind of an attitude to it. What's up? Yeah. Or was up? Yeah. I don't know, what's up with you? <laughs> I feel like saying that, you know what I mean? I think it's disrespectful. You think God looks down and says, what's up? <laughs> I don't think so. See, God wants us to learn to operate from the inside out. And now in Philemon, there's only one chapter, the first, first chapter and the sixth verse. The scripture says this. I'll wait for it to come up here. Philemon chapter 1, verse 6. And we're talking about how to operate from this spirit, man, from the inside out, because that's where God lives. When you became a Christian, God lives inside you. You don't just have forgiveness of sins. That's part of it. But more importantly, God comes to take up residence and dwell on the inside of you as a believer. Can you turn that heat down a little bit there? Okay. Praise the Lord. But in Philemon chapter 1 verse 6, notice the scripture says this. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual or effectual, effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now let's take this apart for a second here. Your, he says, your faith becomes effectual, or we would say effective. Do you want your faith to be effective? I want my faith to be effective. How do you do that? By acknowledging every good thing. Now notice this phrase, which is in you in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Let's talk about this word acknowledge for a second. How many of you acknowledge this? Let's acknowledge this podium right now. See, everybody see this podium? Everybody see it? 
Okay, now, this podium was already in the room, but you didn't think about it till I mentioned it. You didn't think about it till I mentioned it. When you acknowledge something, you bring it to the forefront. If I introduce one of you in here and I say, let's acknowledge so-and-so here, you know, then everybody's attention goes on that person. Now, it's a purposeful thing. He says the communication of our faith becomes effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you. And here's the phrase, in Christ Jesus. There are things that God has placed on the inside of you that you may not even know about, but the Word of God will bring it to light so that you can acknowledge, oh, yeah. You see, for example, uh, I would never know that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus unless I first heard it or seen it in the Word of God. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, are you in Christ? If any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and everything has become new. Now that, that is a truth that was already there before I ever even knew about it. So it really didn't do me any good. See, I didn't know that I was a new creature in Christ Jesus until about two years after I was born again. I didn't know I was a new creature in Christ Jesus. I just knew I was forgiven. That's all I knew, you know. But I didn't know I was a new creation in Christ Jesus until I was in a church where they were teaching these truths about who you are in Christ, what you have, the authority that you have, the dominion that you have. And then all of a sudden it was like, wow, wow. Someone said it like this. If truth frustrates you, you don't have a revelation of it. If I say, uh, you guys, you're all new creatures in Christ Jesus. You got something else, Pastor Keith? Now, wait a second here. You are all new creations in Christ Jesus. If you believe that and you know that, you'd be like, tell me some more. Come on now, give me some more. <laughs> Amen? Now, I used to have a, in our, our little doggy that we have, he was a Sheltie, and last year we had a, one of the hardest things we ever did is we had to put him down, you know, he, and uh, he's in heaven with Jesus waiting for us. I can tell you that right now, along with our cat. Amen. I think the cat will be in Lynn's mansion, not mine. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, that, that little Sheltie, and, I, and by the way, your, aunt, your pets go to heaven. I'll prove it to you someday, okay? You remind me of that, okay? They go to heaven. They are there, okay? There is no weeping. There's no remorse. There's no sadness. God brings them there because you love them, and because you love them, he brings them with you, okay, or for you, to wait for you, amen, but you know, that little dog, we called him Chestnut, beautiful little Sheltie, love that little dog, I'm telling you what, there wasn't a day I didn't lay on the floor with him, just love on him, just, you know, bear my heart to him and all this kind of stuff, you know, and just, just love on him, just, there's just something about that little dog, I just, I miss him dearly, you know, and, um, but, you know, he liked his food. Boy, I'll tell you, too much, too much. And it kind of showed sometimes, you know. He had to pull the belt out a few times, you know what I'm saying? But that dog was so excited about food. I mean, if you even heard the bag of food, you know, you know how it makes that noise like, you know. He would, he would wake up out of a deep sleep and run into the room. And when he was younger, now when he got older, he couldn't do it anymore. Plus he gained some weight, you know. But he, he would jump up and on all fours. He would jump up and down, jump up and down. Because he was excited about the food he was about to partake of. Has anybody ever had a dog do that? Okay. And I mean, it was like, it was like giving that dog a million dollars, you know. And he's like, I, it's like, hey, you did this yesterday. You know, you, in fact, twice. <laughs> and you're getting excited about it again. He never failed. Man, he just loved his food, you know. And... Uh, and I heard the Holy Ghost when I was doing that. And I, this happened many, many times. But then the Lord spoke to me one day. He goes, he goes, I wish you would get that excited about my word. I thought. 
Now, he wasn't condemning me. It was just encouraging me. He said, I want you to get that as excited as that dog is about his next meal. That's the way you ought to get when you get into the Word of God. Amen? Amen. And when I say I'm about to open my Bible, yeah. <laughs> Amen? Well, brother, that sounds like psychology. Well, sometimes you've got to stir yourself up in your psychology. You know what I mean? In your psyche. I'm about to partake of the Word of God today. Man, glory to God. I'm going to get something out of this. See, when you open your Bible, you should go with an expectation. Smith Wigglesworth said some people read the Bible in Greek. Some people read it in Hebrew. He goes, but I read it in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Revelation. And I tell you, the Holy Ghost can unlock things in that word that you never saw before. Amen? I was sharing this with some people last week, you know, and um, I said the difference with, with us is that, you know, it's like reading someone's book. You may read their book, but you don't know the author personally. How many of you have read a book that you've met the author personally? Probably not a whole lot of people. But in our case, the author of the Bible lives inside of us. Think about that. So... He's able to show, the Holy Ghost is in us. He's able to show us things about the Word of God that you never saw before. I mean, revelation knowledge. And so I've trained myself to, for the most part, every time I open the Word of God, I'll say, Holy Ghost, Spirit of God, you live in me. I'm about to read one chapter here, and I'm asking you to open my eyes. I'm asking you to show me something in this Word that I have never seen before. Okay? Now, we're not looking for something to tickle our ears and that kind of a thing. We're looking for something. We're talking about revelation, knowledge from heaven. Glory be to God. I mean, even in Matthew chapter 1, the genealogy. So-and-so begat so-and-so, so-and-so begat so-and-so. Did you ever read that and you're like, let's just go to the back of the chapter now. I was reading that one time and I prayed that prayer and the Lord spoke this to my heart. He says, he goes, son, I keep good records. So I looked at it in a different way. Oh, yeah. He says, I keep good records. There is something, there is nuggets of revelation in every verse and every word in the Bible. And when we have the Holy Spirit helping us to read it and see it like it is, it'll explode. It's like fireworks going off. Amen? Now, in... in, in Philemon 1.6, he said, The communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Now, I want to repeat this probably for the final time today, but uh, six months ago, seven months ago, something like that, I've shared this before. I'll say it again today. I woke up in the early part of the day, probably 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, something like that. And I've, it seems like it's that time of the day for the most part that I always, it happened just last week. There was something the Lord spoke to me too. I mean, it was like, man, you know. And it's so, it's, it's not like premeditated. You don't think about it. Sometimes he'll say things to you that you're like, I never knew that. I never heard that before. Or he'll take a scripture and shed light upon it. And you're like, wow, I never saw it in that light before. And it's so exciting. And the Lord spoke, Spirit of God spoke to my heart. I don't mean with these ears here, but inside me, like He talks to you. The Holy Ghost said, He said, the epicenter of all of God's activity is in the born-again human spirit. You know, I've talked about this before, but I never used the phrase, I never, to my knowledge, I never even used the word epicenter. But all, the only time I've ever heard that word was in reference to an uh, earthquake but the Lord spoke to me. He says, the epicenter of all of God's activity is in the born-again human spirit. So I looked up the word epicenter. And here's what I saw. This is out of the Webster's Dictionary. It says, it means command post, focal point, headquarters, hmm. the core, the center, the heart, the hub, the inner reality, the switchboard. These are all synonyms for the word epicenter. And I like the word headquarters and command post. You see, when God recreated your born-again human spirit, He didn't just, He first of all, He wiped away your sins. I mean completely wiped away your sins. But then He says, we're going to take up residence and we're going to move on the inside of you. Amen? Now, when I was first born again as a 16-year-old teenager at my Methodist youth camp, 
Um, this guy shared the gospel with me. Long story short, I, I gave my heart to the Lord. And I prayed a prayer. In fact, I was so shy. I was so backward and so shy back in those days that I didn't even pray it out loud, but I prayed it inside me. You know, your inner, your inner man has a voice. How many of you know that? So he, it was basically like, Jesus, come into my heart. I said, Jesus, come into my heart. I was so shy and so backwards, but I prayed it. But I felt like after I prayed within me, your inner man has a voice. How many of you know that? When I prayed that, it felt like to me a million pounds of pressure was released from me. Now, it's not physical, but I just, I just, I just felt free. In fact, this guy says, he goes, I'm going to tell you what, Keith. Now, this guy, before he was saved, his name was Ike. Before he led me to the Lord, he's in heaven today. And I had the privilege of getting to know him through the years, the last few years that he was alive, you know. And he led me to the Lord. He came out of a really rough background, really rough biker, drinker, partier, you name it. You know what I'm saying? He got radically saved. And so he, 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 the Lord changed him so much, he wanted to share the gospel with other people. So he got a hold of my friend and I, as well as a bunch of other people. And I'll tell you, it felt like, to, he said, you're going to feel like you want to run a marathon if you never have. I said, that sounds good to me, you know. And I'm 16. And it, it really felt this energy came into me, and I've never been the same since. I've never been the same since. Now about three years, four, fast forward about three years after that incident, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. My God. That's like having booster rockets that take you into outer orbit. Did you ever see those booster rockets, you know, that those big rockets, then they fall off? Those rockets, those booster rockets are meant to get that rocket into outer space. Without those boosters, it can't not get there. Man, but when you get baptized with the Holy Ghost and you get filled with the Spirit of God and you speak in your heavenly language, glory to God, there is a power that comes to you that you never had before. And so I, I, that being said, I became, especially after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was in a, a Brian Rudd crusade. Patty knows about Brian Rudd. I was in a Brian Rudd crusade and he was preaching in my church, my assembly church that I was in. And uh, he had the, the most wild testimony you ever heard in your life. That he, as he was preaching, at the end of the service, I remember, right in the middle section, there's three sections in that church, left, center, right. I was in the center section, about ten rows back. As he was given the altar call at the end of his message, preaching, I mean, the fire of God fell. All of a sudden, now I had heard of being baptized in the Spirit, speaking with other tongues. There were people in that church that did it, but I was curious about it, but I wasn't baptized in the Holy Ghost. I wasn't really actively seeking it. I wasn't against it. I thought, well, that's kind of curious. You know, I mean, baptized with the Holy Ghost. As he is preaching, God is my witness. As he's preaching, and he gave the altar call, people were, hundreds of people were coming forward. Some of my family members were coming forward that were there, that came forward. All of a sudden, the Holy Ghost fell on me. Just like in Acts chapter 10 when Paul, Peter was preaching to the house of Cornelius, the Italian household. And he was taking the gospel to the Gentiles after the Jews. Okay, remember that? And as Peter was speaking, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Interrupted their little meeting there. And they, were, they spoke with other tongues and magnified God. And as, that, as this preacher was ministering, all of a sudden... Boom! The Holy Ghost fell on me. It felt like a billion goosebumps all over my body. And all of a sudden, I was... Now, I had control over it. It wasn't like I didn't lose control. But all of a sudden, my mouth, I was speaking... Now, everybody was praising. and I mean, it wasn't like I was making a spectacle of myself. But everybody was worshiping and, and excited, you know. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm standing here. And I'm speaking in this fluent language that I never learned before. Didn't go to seminary. Didn't go to college to figure this out. Didn't have linguistics, whatever that means. And, uh, and I'm speaking fluently in a foreign tongue that I'd never spoken before. And I felt this rush of energy come through me. And, and back in those days... I was working right out of high school. I was working in a paper mill company. They used to be in Bridgeville. It's no longer there. 
It's called Interform. I remember that place. I, I got a job there, and I was working. And, uh, and I, it was a Wednesday night when I was baptized with the Holy Ghost. Thursday, I went to work, okay? And I'm just doing my normal job, doing my thing, you know? But I felt the lingering presence of the Holy Ghost on me from the night before. Oh, it was the best feeling in the world. Whew, man, I, I get goosebumps thinking about it, you know? And... Uh, and, I, and quietly, I could, underneath my breath, I could still pray in that language. And so I would take a 15-minute break. They had little short breaks. I'd go back in the back room by the restrooms back there where nobody was back there. And I'd go back there. And I'd pray in the Spirit. Now, why am I saying that? I became, for the first time in my life, I became more conscious of my inner man than I did my outward man in the circumstances around me. There's all kind of stuff going on around me, but oh, I was focused. I was focused by the inner working of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. Suddenly it dawned on me that this is a miracle in operation. How many of you here, you know it would be a miracle if you never spoke Chinese and all of a sudden, bam, you just started speaking fluent Chinese. You know what I mean? Chow mein and all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you started speaking Chinese. You know, that would be a miracle, wouldn't it? Or Japanese or French or Portuguese or any other language. There's so many different languages that are out there. You would think that is definitely a miracle. Okay? Now the Bible says in, in uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, and have not love, I am a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. In other words, just a clanging noise. Okay? Notice the Apostle Paul says you can, there's tongues of men and there's tongues of angels. Okay? Now, I know for a fact that I could never speak in that language apart from God. So as a result, every time I would open my mouth, and I'm just like 18 years old, 19 years old at the time, every time that I would open my mouth, now I didn't do it in front of other people, I didn't want to freak somebody out, it's just my, in my own, my own life, you know. Every time I'd speak in that language, I thought, that's a miracle in operation, because now it's my voice, it sounds like me, but it's a foreign tongue. Now, if I spoke French to you right now, it would still sound like me, except it's in French. Are you with me? And so the Holy Spirit, when He gives you that language, it is a supernatural language from heaven that's meant to always remind you of His indwelling presence. That's how you can stir up yourself on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Ghost. Why do you think, let's stop and analyze this for a minute. You're smart people. Why do you think there are churches that fight the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Why do you think, for one split second, there are people out there that come against speaking with tongues and so forth and so on? Why do you think that's the case? Because the devil knows what a threat it is to his kingdom. Jesus commanded his disciples in Luke chapter 24, go to the city of Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Now when Jesus spoke that, there was over 500 brethren. And he told them all. He didn't suggest. He said, I, I suggest. He said, I command you. That's what Luke says. Actually, Luke and Acts was referring to Luke 24, same author. Jesus commanded them not to leave Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. Yeah. There was 500 some plus people that Jesus communicated that with. But guess how many people were in the upper room on the day of Pentecost? 120. Where was the other 300 some odd people? I don't know. But they missed it. Praise God. Sometimes the preachers will suggest certain things. It's not just a suggestion or a good idea. It's God lining us up. Do this. Get in on this. How would you like to be a, in the charter class 
of the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. Charter class. <laughs> yep, I was there. I was there. Got a plaque and everything, man. Hallelujah. They were baptized. Now, folks, listen to me. I am not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. This pastor, this church, we are not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. We are not a seeker-friendly church. Do you know what I mean by that? What's a seeker-friendly church? They kick the Holy Ghost out. They kick out tongues. They kick out the manifestations of the Spirit. Oh, let that be for a back room somewhere. Are you kidding me? Amen. Now, of course, we have to learn. We have to grow. We learn how to flow with the Spirit. We learn how to function with Him, how to partner with Him. Of course, that's what church is all about. But, no, you know, just because you, you've heard certain things about the Holy Ghost, don't let that freak you out. You know, how many of you know, how many of you got some cash on you right now? Okay. How many of you know... How would you like some more of that? Amen? Amen. It's coming. But you know, brother, could you drop that temperature down some more here? I'm about losing weight up here. Amen. Which is probably a good thing, but. Praise the Lord. What was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Holy Spirit. Yeah. The more knowledge. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, thank you, thank you. You know, you, you all have some money, so you have some cash on you, okay, but how many of you believe and you know that there are counterfeit bills that are out there? Does that stop you from spending your money? Do you freak out and say, there's some counterfeit money out there, so I can't spend my money? Of course not. There always is going to be counterfeit stuff that's out there, but that doesn't do away with the real. Yeah. Are you with me now? There is real and there is counterfeit. Now, have, has the Holy Spirit, has tongues been abused? Of course. Of course. But the Word of God teaches us how to have balance in those areas. Okay? Not to freak people out or anything like that, but it's primarily a, it's a, a supernatural language for, for each and every person that's a believer to be able to communicate with God on a supernatural level. I mean, you're, you're tuning right in. Praise the Lord. But I think, you know, sometimes we're around something so long, we get kind of used to it. Can you bring that down, Brother Josh? Okay, thank you. Uh, we can get used to things that we, we take, it, it's just like people, you know, when you know somebody, you've been around them long enough, you, get, you take each other for, it's easy to take people for granted. How many of you know in your own family you can take each other for granted? Now some people, sad to say, they're not, they're not fully appreciated until they're dead and they're out of this earth. I've seen it. I've watched it. Some people are not fully appreciated until they're dead and gone. And it's too late now. They're laying in the casket. Boy, they sure were a nice person. I wish I would have had more time with them. I wish I could have shared my heart more with them. It's, well, it's too late now. Okay? We, we, we tend, as human beings, we can take one another for granted. Now, hypothetically, what if it's the last, it's not going to happen, but what if it's the last time you were with that person you love? How would you treat them? Would you be talking about the Steeler game? <laughs> Years ago, I was witnessing to a, endeavoring to, actually, it was my grandfather's funeral. And one of my second cousins was there. He's older than I am. And, uh, man, he needed Jesus. Well, he, he needed saved big time, you know. Lost as a goose in a hailstorm. I mean, just didn't know. I mean, just taught, you spend a couple minutes with him. You'll find out this guy is clueless. He doesn't know Jesus. But, man, my heart went out to him. And so my grandfather received the Lord before he went home, you know. And we had a part in that, praise God, you know. It's humbling. And um, so I started talking to him about the Lord Jesus. 
He's your, he's your grandfather was a good guy, you know, and so forth. And, you know, I said, yeah, he really was. You know, I'm, I'm going to miss him. And I said, but there's one thing. I said, I said, just a couple of years before this incident here, where you're, you're right now, he said he made a decision to invite Jesus into his heart. So I started to kind of plant some seeds with him, you know. And all of a sudden, he spun around. He goes, how about those Steelers? I go, put the brakes on. I go, wait a minute. I said, that has nothing to do with this conversation. I smiled at him. You know, so I was able to plant some seed. Now, he didn't give his heart to the Lord right there. But, you know, the devil tries to divert people's attention. Are you with me? He likes to do that. He likes to divert people's attention. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The epicenter of all of God's activity is in the born-again human spirit. Now, I wrote down here, the Bible, the Word of God, tells us everything we need to know about us, about the new creation. The Bible teaches us everything there is to know. Let me put it to you this way. Everything that I know about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is found in the Word of God. Without the Word of God, I would have no knowledge. I might think there's something out there. You know what I mean? Are you with me now? But the Word of God gives us the information that we need to know. Okay, here's what God is like. Here's what the Son is like. Here's what the Holy Spirit is like. And if you take the Word of God out of the equation, you have mass confusion and lack of understanding. And that's why in churches like this, it's important to be taught the Word of God so that you have revelation about what you're doing, what's going on. Glory be to God. I only know that I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus because the Scripture says I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now go real quick to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. How many believe the fire of the Holy Ghost? <laughs> but in Galatians chapter 5, I just want to look at one, two verses here. Verse 22 and verse 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, Paul the Apostle says here, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, or it's actually faithfulness, meekness or teachableness, temperance, self-control, against such there is no law. Now, I'm sure that you're familiar with this chapter here where, we, uh, where Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, right? Actually, it's the fruit of the born-again Spirit. And there's nine fruits, nine fruits of the Spirit. Okay? When you got saved and you got born again and you invited Jesus into your heart... All nine manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit were now deposited on the inside of your spirit. Okay? Now, of course, they need to be developed. We develop in our love walk. We, de we develop in our patience. Right? All these nine fruits of the Spirit. Gentleness, goodness, faithfulness. These are, these are fruits of the Spirit that we should always be abounding in. Right? Developing it. My, I, I would hope to think that our love walk is better than it was a year ago. Right? I would hope that our patience level is getting stronger by the day. <laughs> Are you with me now? Now, the only reason that I know that these things are in us, it, it's kind of like when a little baby's born. That's why we need to pray for those people. Bless their hearts. They have no idea what they're doing. Amen. Our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of this world. That's who we're wrestling against. Thank you, Lord. But, you know, a little baby has the same hands that I do, same heart that I do, same legs, same arms, all things being a healthy, normal baby. But you know, that, that little baby has all the faculties. He has everything. Arms, legs, heart, lungs, everything. 
okay? But that baby that's freshly born can't even walk yet, cannot drive a car yet, cannot do, that mother has to take care of that baby, everything. Change his diaper, feed the baby. It can't do anything on its own except be cute, right? How many of you love kids? (laughs) Man, how can a person not believe in God and see a little child? Oh, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? It's just, that's another story. But but see that every, every human being, every child, every baby that's born into this earth has the, all the right stuff, but it's undeveloped. It's undeveloped. Now, when you come to Jesus, the scripture says in 1 Peter 2, verse 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So when you're born again, you're not born again, you're not born again full grown, fully matured. You're in Christ, you're forgiven, you're born again. But those fruits and those things that are in you still need to be developed. That's why it's so important to get into the Word of God for yourself. Folks, that's why it's so important to get into church every week. Amen? Make it a point to get yourself in church. I'm telling you, get here, get under the Word of God. I can tell you one thing. This isn't a promo thing right now, but I'm telling you, you will get fed the Word of God when you come to this church. Make no mistake about it. I know what you're going to get when you come here. Because, man, I walk out of here, I'm still overflowing from last week's service. Glory to God. I'm feeding myself too. Praise God. Because at this, at this church, we exalt the Word of God. We exalt the Holy Ghost. We exalt the things of God. We're not exalting man. We're not exalting me. Forget that. We're exalting the Word of the living God, the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to esteem. Amen? Now, I didn't plan on saying that, but sometimes we're a little too frivolous with these things. Kind of take it and leave it. Yeah, you know, maybe it'll come once in a while, you know. Get under the Word of God. Get under the anointing. Praise God. It'll make a huge difference. Let me, if you make a decision, for example, right now, I'm not going to miss the next month. I'm going to be here every single Sunday. Well, Pastor, I've never done that before. Well, there's always a first time. I have talked to people that seem to go from defeat to defeat. And I'm thinking, man, if you were just in church, everywhere, and I'm not saying sometimes you have to work and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But more often than not, people are just lackadaisical about flipping about the things of God. Are you with me now? Can, you have, can I have an amen? It's true. People get lazy. They put other things first, natural things first. And if you put natural things first, you'll never live above on the level that God wants you to live on. I have to say that sometimes. That's not condemnation. It's the truth of God's Word. Okay? And uh, something happens when we submit ourselves under the Word of God like this. And we hear His Word that we can live on a place of victory. You know, when I first got saved, you couldn't drag me out of church. I was there. I mean... If they needed someone to sweep the floors, my hand went up. Now, that's not some glamorous thing. Some people say if, I, if they ask somebody to preach, everybody's hand will go up. But what about sweeping the floors? I didn't care. I wasn't looking for a pulpit. I wasn't looking for that. I'm telling you, when I was first saved, I went into the ministry. I, I had aspirations of being in the ministry, and I came back to my home church. And uh, this is just me. And I talked to the pastor, you know, came back, just graduated from Bible school, and still want to hook up with your church and be a part of That's a church that, that we met in, you know. And he says, well, Keith, he goes, to be honest with you, he goes, I don't have any positions available. I said, I said, Pastor, it's okay. Don't worry about it. He says, I don't have any. That same week, I got a phone call. He says, a janitorial position just opened up in the church, okay. And boy, did that church need a janitor. It was in an old theater, you know. Still is, actually. And uh, it used to be a, a brewery at one time, back in the early 1900s, you know. And, uh, and so he said, yeah, position is open up for a full-time custodian. And I said, I'll take it. And you know what? I was happy about it. 
Because I learned when I was at Bible school that when you're cleaning toilets and you're cleaning sinks, those are Jesus' toilets. That's Jesus' sink and that's Jesus' floor. Now, there's some people that despise that and they say, we don't want to spend time doing that. I want to get behind the pulpit. I want to preach. And there are people that just want that kind of stuff. And I, I, I praise God for my training that I had. And I thought, you know, no one starts out up here. You know, you've got to start out somewhere. I said, Pastor, man, and, and oh, I'll tell you what, that bathroom was like, dear God. It was a work in progress, you know, because we're talking years of, of people abusing that place and grime and all kind of junk that was in there. God only knows how long it's been there. And it was my job to get that up. Get on the floor with those little, those little squares, you know, of a towel. And between that, the, the uh, what do you call that? Yeah, and get a toothbrush. And, get, and there was probably a couple thousand of those things and I had to do by hand. You know what I'm saying? Like a toothbrush. Used some Clorox on that, tried to get it out. I'm on my hands and knees for, for eight hours a day. But you know what? It was, it was difficult. It was a little bit hard. But I thought, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. And I really meant it, too. I thought, man, I'm working in a church. Praise God. Now, I knew God had other things for me. But you know what? You've got to start somewhere, right? Well, that same week, at the end of that week... I didn't expect this to happen either. The pastor came to me and says, God's called me to the mission field. Now the assistant pastor became the pastor, and now I became the assistant pastor. <laughs> it happened just that quick. Within a week, you know? That's a long, another story. It's a long story. But, you know, man, I was as green as anything new as anything, you know. And, and, but I don't even know why I'm saying that, but other than those kind of things... It's the hard places in life where you develop character. A lot of times people never pass the test. I'm tired of this. Just get me delivered from this thing. You know? But see, folks, listen. It's in the hard places of life when you've been mistreated and abused, even by other believers, that, that that is a chance for you to develop character on the inside of you when your flesh is screaming out. <laughs> you know? How do you think Joseph felt being betrayed. Joseph, you know the Joseph character in the Bible, the real Joseph? His own brothers, remember that? Abused him, sold him into slavery. Remember that? Joseph, if anybody could have had a bitter heart, it would have been Joseph. So he goes down into Egypt, you know, and he's, and then he's lied about there and Potiphar's wife lied about him. He's in prison, you know, and yet he had this dream from the Lord. And that dream seemed like it would never come to pass. Are you kidding me? And sometimes, folks, listen, there's a dream inside your heart. All of you have a dream inside your heart. And time and the calendar and your clock can be your worst enemy. Because it looks like, you know how long it's been? I've been praying for that person for how many years now? You've got a vision for your family, a vision for your future. Don't ever give up on that. Too many people are too quick to give up on the vision that God puts inside your heart. But I, I like Joseph. He's a great example. The word of the Lord, Bible says, tried Joseph. But Joseph kept a good attitude, kept a good heart. Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. Remember that? And she lied and threw her jacket or coat cloak down and said that he tried to rape her and all this kind of stuff, just lying about him, you know. And then he was thrown into prison, you know. But listen, you know what happened, the end result. Joseph rose like cream to the top and became second in command underneath Pharaoh. And that's where Israel came out. Praise the Lord. Amen. Was, was he abused? Of course he was. Was he mistreated? See, Joseph is a type of Christ. His brethren sold him for how many pieces of silver? What, 30 pieces of silver, 20 pieces, whatever it was. Jesus was betrayed of his own brethren, sold for silver. Remember that? Joseph was in the pit. Jesus was in the pit. Boy, there's so many types and shadows here. So many. But what if he would have gave up? What if he would have got bitter? 
He could have. He should have. I mean, from the natural, right? He, he was like, oh, I'm tired of this place. Time, time of people lying about me and all this kind of stuff. But Joseph hung on to his dream. He just wouldn't quit. He wouldn't give up. Adversity came knocking on his door. How many times? Worse than you and I have ever been treated. We know that. But he hung on to God. He hung on to his relationship with God. And you know the scripture even says that God blessed the house of Pharaoh for Joseph's sake. Think about that. Well, if it wasn't for that company, if it wasn't for that boss, I'd be in a much better place. Let me tell you something. God can overlook those things. You can work for the most wretched heathen out there. And God will still bless that company. Why? Because you're there. Amen? Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. Man, we're almost out of time here. Let's go to, real quickly here, to uh, Matthew chapter 12. I think we'll finish up here. I heard someone say it uh, recently, well, in the last six months said this, we're not fighting for victory. We're not fighting for healing. We're not fighting for increase. We're fighting from victory, from the place of victory. Brother Kenneth Copeland, my spiritual father, said this. He says, you're not the sick trying to get healed. Now, cardinal Christians will say, who's he think he is? He said, we're not the sick trying to get healed. He says, we are the healed that the devil's trying to make sick. See, you're all, in, in, in your spirit, you're already healed. Because the healer lives on the inside of you. Yeah, but Brother Keith, and why do I still have this symptom? It's just a matter of time. That's going to change. See, I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed already. When I got, when I got born again, the healer moved and resides on the inside of me. It's not hard to get healed when the healer lives inside you. Praise God. It's not hard for me to breathe when air is in my lungs. But Jesus said in Matthew 12, verse 35, let's look at this. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35. Let's look at it on the big screen here. All right? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 35, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, Bringeth forth, notice that, bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Now we're talking about working from, operating from the inside out. Okay? Jesus even went on to say about, you know, it's not what a man puts in his mouth that defiles the man. It's what's coming out of the heart that defiles the man. Okay? Now, in, in wrapping this all up today, kind of bringing this together here, is that Philemon says that the communication of your faith will become effectual or effective. How? By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Glory be to God. Say this after me. Say, I am... A new creation in Christ Jesus. Okay, now you just acknowledged that. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you made that personal. He made that personal. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, 1 Peter 2, 24, I'll just refer to this right now. Peter the Apostle Peter said this. One of the 12 disciples said this. He says, Who his own self bore our sins in his body on the tree being dead to sin that we should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Let me read 24 again. It says, Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness. Notice this, by whose stripes ye what were healed? Were. Now, I'm not an English scholar, but I can read. Is were present tense, future tense, or past tense? What is it? Past tense. See? 
That's why Brother Copeland said this. And carnal-minded believers will, will, will mock at that and say, what's he talking about? We're not the sick trying to get healed. We are the healed that the enemy's trying to make us sick. And that's why we have to put the devil in his place under our feet. I had like a, just an inward knowing this morning that the enemy's head was going to be crushed today. You know, when I, was, I remember when I was a kid, I was probably 10 years old. This friend of mine from school invited me down to his house, you know, just to hang out and have some fun. He lived about a mile from where I was. And, uh, and I, all I remember was he had this big backyard, and he had this garden, and a huge backyard, you know. And uh, we, we were just, we were walking through this garden, and I, we came across a, uh, a bunch of snakes. I guess there was, they'd given birth to snakes, and, you know, and there was probably, to me, like 20, 25 snakes. Now, I didn't know what kind of snakes they were. You know, I thought, I've never seen this before. Look, and they're just slithering all around. <laughs> Some of you are getting creeped out now. So as a 10-year-old curious boy, I decided to go and pick one up. So I grabbed it by the tail. I was smart enough to figure out, grab it by the tail. So I thought. I grabbed it by the tail, and I looked it up, and I'm looking at it. Look at this. Look. And as I'm doing this type thing, you know, that thing wrapped around and bit my, my right here. He fastened on, and I had to pull him off, fangs and all. I had to pull him off. There's blood running down my, my wrist, you know. <laughs> and I thought, I hope this isn't a poisonous snake. <laughs> so I grabbed that snake, put it into an old milk, into those milk cartons that used to, the lids would flip out back in those days. Remember that, when the milkman would come? Yes. And I took it, and I, I ran home, and... You know, somehow my parents found out what kind of snake it was. It was just a garden snake, a gardener snake. It was about that long, you know, about that thick. It was pretty good size. But uh, I thought, you know, that's what the devil likes to do. That old serpent. He's called the old serpent. But our job is to keep him under our feet. Too, too often we tolerate things as believers. We tolerate oppression. We tolerate sickness and disease. We tolerate poverty. We tolerate the curse. Something's happening today, and I believe the Lord of hosts, the army of the Lord, is rising up on the inside of us to take back that dominion and authority and say, No, you don't, Satan. You are under my feet in Jesus' name. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, when you speak God's word and you say what God's word says, it defeats the devil every single time. Every single time. Jesus had a weapon that he used that you and I can use also, and that's their spoken word of God. When Satan came at Jesus, what did he do? He didn't say, come on now, I'm the son of God. He didn't say that. He was the son of God. But what did Jesus do? He pulled out scriptures from the word of God that were in his heart already. See, we're talking about living from the inside out. And I'll, I'll close here with this. Jesus wasn't in a situation where he's like, you know, I know I heard something before. I know there's a verse of scripture. Let me go check. Just wait there, devil. I'm going to go check. It would have been too late. Or, am I, is it true? Jesus had the Word of God in him. He spent time in the Word of God before the devil ever showed up. And when the devil did show up and tempted him, a valid temptation, what it three times Jesus said, It is written, it is written, it is written, and he spoke the scripture. Yeah, but that's Jesus, I know. But he's teaching you and me how to function, how to operate when temptation comes against us. What are we putting in our mouth? A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. You see, authority and dominion has to be exercised. It's not passive, it's aggressive. When was the last time you had a symptom come against your body and you laid yourself, your hands on yourself and you said, it is written, devil, by his stripes. I was healed 2,000 years ago. Now get off of me right now in Jesus' name. 
Are we having church today or what? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I feel like I'm on a Harley Davidson up here, man. It's just like, hallelujah. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> Glory to God. Did you hear those pipes, man? <laughs> hallelujah. Fully persuaded. It is written. Yeah, pastor, that's... I know Jesus could speak the word of God, but I don't know about little old me. Oh, get rid of that false humility. That's a bunch of junk. That's false humility. The fact is you are righteous. The fact is you are holy. The fact is you are born again. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. And you have a right to use that name. You have a right, a blood-bought right to speak the name of Jesus. You have a blood-bought right to take authority and dominion over the devil that slew foot sliding into your house. Amen. Amen. I know Sister Patty, she lives out in the country, still does, you know. You know, she drives like 50 miles one way. But she, I, didn't you tell me this one time it was about a, a serpent that came into your house? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you shoot it or something? Amen. Well, you know, I, I just remembered that now, but, you know, the fact is, she didn't tolerate it. She didn't say, come here, snakey, snakey, you look so cute today. I like that forked tongue especially, you know what I'm saying? Amen? What'd she do? Boom! <laughs> and you know what? That's how we do it with the devil. But, you know, we don't use a gun. We use the words out of our mouth. It is written. It is written. By his stripes, I was healed. You're looking at a miracle. You're looking at, I'm not going to go into detail, but you're looking at someone here, at a walking miracle from the natural standpoint. There's two things that happened to me through the last years that normally take people out of this earth. Okay? But I'm still here. There are millions of other people that left this earth with the same conditions that I had. That I said, you know, we're not going to let this happen. We're not going to let this happen here. Now, you're not, listen, all of us, you're not exempt. Symptoms can come against your body. They can. It's like someone knocking at your door. You, you have no control over who knocks on your door. But you do have control who you open up the door and, hey, hey, come on in. Let's have some dinner. You have control over that. Okay? Symptoms can come and knock on your body. Physical symptoms, financial symptoms, all kind of family symptoms can come and say, oh, look at this, you know. But you know what? That's okay. Symptoms are just symptoms. They might come, but they can't stay. Amen? One day I was up. I don't know when it was, a couple of years ago. I'm going along. And all of a sudden I got this excruciating headache. Like, boom, it hit me all of a sudden. I don't, I don't ever get headaches. I just don't. And I suppose it was one of those migraine type things, you know what I mean? Like, that were excruciating pain. It hit me all of a sudden. For a split second, it hit me. And it was like, whoa, that hurt. You know? But within me, I said, oh, no, you don't. No. No. I just said that. No, you don't. That thing left and never came back. Never came back. Amen? Now, it's not because I'm anything special. I'm not. But God is special. Jesus is special. The Word of God is special. And we've been given the privilege, folks, to speak the Word of God. I think in... You know, as, as, what I feel the heartbeat of God today is, let's just let's begin to rise up and start actively using our dominion and our faith, and not be passive anymore about it. Sometimes, that because of things like hammering us all the time, just wearing it, try to wear us down. Yeah. You know, it's it's said in Daniel, I think it is of the Antichrist that he will try when he comes in the future. We won't be here; we'll be in heaven. It says he will try to wear the saints out. 
He will try to wear out the saints. Well, he's still the same devil. He tries to wear you out by persistence, persistence. Right? <laughs> it just is. He tries to hit you. Oh, there it is again. There it is again. You know, that, that child just keeps acting up, keeps acting up, keeps acting up. Right? Whatever the case may be. But you just say, no, you don't. I have dominion over you. You're not going to operate. You're not going to function. In the name of Jesus, just rebuke it and then walk away and just give God glory. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Holy, wonderful, worthy are you, Father God. Worthy of honor, worthy of praise, worthy of glory, worthy of honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Think it not strange, saith the Lord, that adversity will knock at your door. That's no surprise to me, and it shouldn't be a surprise to you. But know this, when adversity comes and when adversity knocks at your door, you have something far more powerful, far more more explosive than the devil could ever have. You have my word. You have my spirit. Yea, the same spirit that resided on the inside of me when I walked this earth is the exact spirit that dwells on the inside of you. And so the adversary is terrified. The adversary is frightened for he sees his day quickly, rapidly approaching. He is full of fear, full of anxiety, more than any human being. This is not time for you to become fearful. This is not time for you to be afraid. This is not time for you to withdraw. And this is not time for you to back off. Yea, dive in, saith the Lord. Dive into the things of my word. Dive into my spirit. Dive into prayer. Oh, there's much glory there. And as you dive into what I have for you, the enemy of your soul will have to turn. He'll have to run and he'll have to flee. But you, on the other hand, will stand there victorious in the face of adversity. For don't you know that I've said in my word that I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And on that table is all the provision that you could ever want, need, or desire. So take your place in me. For in me there is no fear. In me there is no sickness and disease. In me there is no lack or shortage. In me is everything that you need. For there is not a thing that wasn't provided for you in my death, in my burial, in my resurrection for you. It is a complete work that is there for the taking. So take today and partake today of that which give, that I've given unto you. And it's all in my word. Your victory is in my word. Thank you, Lord. 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 Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Should we, should we think it strange that God would try to speak to us? And not at all. <laughs> 